friends. I am just coming back from a week-long conference, which was just amazing. It was the Advanced Institute for Conscious Discipline, their part two conference. I attended part one last year in Providence, and this one was in Camp Allen in Navasota, Texas. It was an experience, let me tell you. The day went from breakfast at 7.30 until the last activity of the day, which was around 8 p.m. And there were a lot of connecting activities, uniting with each other, breathing, lots of breathing, and commitments. Those are actually the four parts of what Conscious Discipline calls a brain smart start, which is the way that we prepare ourselves to be ready for any activity or a meeting or a workshop, we get ourselves in the right state of mind to learn when we're with a group by uniting, de-stressing by breathing, connecting with others and committing. Committing to focus or to be open-minded, whatever it is that we want to commit to during that time. Okay, the presenter of this conference was Amy Spidell, who is a master's certified instructor, and she is just this spunky little ball of wisdom. <laughs> My CD1 was last year was led by Becky Bailey herself, who is the founder of Conscious Discipline, with Kim Jackson who is also this tiny little Southern woman who I could just sit and listen to all day long. If you ever have the chance to go and attend a conscious discipline workshop or conference, I highly recommend it. It is truly an experience. So as I sit down to prepare for this podcast, it feels like looking at a huge pile of pieces of gold as if a pirate just dumped out his huge bag of treasure and trying to pick out just the right one piece that is the most valuable. A huge task because it was all so good. The one that I want to choose today is one moment that really stayed with me and the ironic thing is that the first one that I'm choosing to talk about did not even come from one of the workshops during the week or from all of the brilliant wisdom that came from all of the participants sharing with each other, bringing the things that they were doing at their schools back home to each other in our share time. One thing that stuck with me the most came from actually one of the camp staff during our morning at the challenge course. But what he said was so aligned with everything else that we were learning all week that it really stuck with me. We went to this area of the camp where there were high rope challenges. We would get harnessed up and then walk sideways on this really high rope. There was rock climbing and climbing up a 30-foot pole to this tiny little platform standing up on the platform and then jumping off of it onto a trapeze. It was so much fun. And it was also a chance for us to really push ourselves to come out of our comfort zone. 
As I was waiting for my turn at the trapeze challenge, the guide who was in charge of that activity was coaching someone else who was at the moment standing up on the top of the platform, preparing to jump to the trapeze, which by the way, looks really far out from where you are standing on the platform. The plan at the top is to call out to the guide, one, two, three, and then jump to the trapeze. At the three or shortly after, he starts pulling on your harness to help the process of the jump. The participant who was at the top had counted one, two, three, and then in that split moment after three, decided not to jump. She prepared to count again, but this very helpful, very wise guide coached her in a way that was so aligned with everything else that we have been talking about and thinking about all week. He said that you have to commit before you count. What she was doing essentially was what a lot of us would do exactly as she did. She decided ahead of time to count to three and then decide whether or not to jump. But probably nine times out of 10, after counting, it feels safer to keep our feet right on the solid ground of that little tiny platform rather than to jump out into the nothingness and trust that the harness and the guide have got us. The difference in committing ahead of time and making the decision that yes, we are going to jump is that once we commit, then we count and the jump to the trapeze just comes after three, no matter what. We don't give ourselves another little stop point in between where the procedure would be again to make another decision. The decision has been made already when we commit ahead of time. Once he gave that little bit of advice, first there was a collective oh from this rather large audience watching this all unfold. And then we watched and you could see her up there on the platform, slow down, take a breath, and then take a moment that we all interpreted as her deciding to do this thing. And then she counted one, two, three, and jumped without hesitation. It was beautiful and it was meaningful. And we all learned a little something right there. It helped me when I got up there for my turn. The hardest part for me, honestly, (laughs) was going from kneeling on that little platform to transforming into this person that was standing up on the platform. That was really hard for me. It felt like there was not enough room to get myself up onto that platform. But once I managed to do that, I could feel the calm and the confidence in my decision and I made the commitment to jump. Then it sounds weird, but it really does feel easy at that point to just count and jump. It always feels good once the decision part is behind you. It's sometimes just the decision itself that feels really hard. I share this whole story 
Not so that you will know what to do when you find yourself on a tiny little platform way up high in the woods ready to jump to a trapeze. I'm glad that if you ever find yourself in that particular situation that this can be helpful. But chances are you just might not ever find yourself in that exact place in your life. However, I share this story because how many other situations can this apply to in life? How many times do we have something that we want to do? Maybe it's a transformation. Maybe it's a big life change. Maybe it's not even something big, but it's just something that is new and different and it feels a little scary. What we do, that is the equivalent of counting And then deciding after the three is that we take those steps toward the goal. We take them without a full commitment. And then what happens is that we just keep finding that it doesn't work out. We tell ourselves that we can't help it. We just aren't lucky. It's just not meant to be. That it was a long shot anyway. What feels even worse is when we tell ourselves that It works out for other people, but that it just doesn't work for us. We make it mean something about us, that we aren't capable, we aren't brave, we aren't lovable, we aren't smart or effective or confident. We start to feel not worthy. And please believe me when I say that when we run self-coaching models on ourselves, And we dig way down deep in the thought that we put in the model on the thought line, if you've listened before and you understand what the model is, that the underlying thought that we find most of the time is some version of thinking that we are not worthy. We do it all the time, that we might not deserve whatever it is that we are going after. Here are some examples of what I mean. We might, maybe we want to find a partner and go on a dating app and just see if we want to go on dates, depending on who you see on the site. We might want to find a new job, but we look at the help wanted ads and then decide after looking whether or not to apply, depending on if anything seems appealing. We might want to buy a house, but we don't really want to start the process until we've looked at what's out there, look at a million places for sale online, and decide if we like any of them enough to get going and go get pre-approved. We might want to improve our marriage, so we tippy-toe towards, you know, being nicer to your spouse until there's one little comment that they make that we don't like. And then we decide to pull back and stay on that platform instead of fully committing to a system that works in your marriage. We might talk about making a budget, but we don't quite get one all written down and started and put into place after we just add up and look at the preliminary numbers and then stop there. Why don't we fully commit ahead of time? Mostly because it's scary. It is also a society norm to just dabble our toes in the water and see how it feels before we decide to go in for a swim. How much time can we spend in the researching part of the journey before we go? The answer, 
with the World Wide Web at our fingertips is an endless amount of time. Hours, weeks, years. We can stay in that planning stage permanently with our dreams just on hold until we deem that maybe now it's too late and it feels silly to go after them. Kind of like counting and waiting to jump to the trapeze until, well, now the sun is going down. What I hope that you take away from this is to figure out first, what is your trapeze? What is that goal for you right now? If you are anything like me, this could be a lot of different things. But one of the secrets that I am learning is to just pick one. Because any one trapeze that you jump toward gives you the experience of jumping. It builds those neural pathways in your brain that say after you get to three, you jump. You want to build that habit, the habit that you wish for something, the commitment to it, and then the planning and executing. Just move that commitment part up sooner. Make that a habit. Commit before you count. That is the mantra that has been going through my head since the conference. Commit before you count. Happy jumping, all of my lovely friends. Have a wonderful week.